Welcome to the name game. Workout number 139 is Kardashian. It's a 10 minute AMRAP, starting on the air bike. For males, it's 90 calories. For females, it's 70 calories. Then you'll move to the sandbag. Perform 50 sandbag squats. Males, 150 pounds. Females, 100 pounds. You can hold that bag however you please. Finally, you'll perform max handstand walks in the remaining time, where every five feet equals one rep, and the scale is wall walks, where each wall walk equals one rep. So what's your strategy in the workout? I don't have one. You have no strategy at I all? That's don't not true. So. What are we talking about? No, less than 13, but in warm up that did not feel very good. And then large set. And do whatever I can do. Three, two, one, go. And we're off. All right, seventy cows in the airbag for Riley, ninety for the guys. <laughs> Super exciting stuff this, to watch. Enjoy <laughs> this. This is gonna be riveting television right here. <laughs> uh, oh, well, man. so first things first. I think people need to find the pace on the air bike. In the yeah, intro, clearly. Riley said that we had kind of talked about it a little bit. I said probably not less than 13 cows a minute. Probably makes sense for her based on like mm -hmm. just trying to work your way through the sandbag with minimal breaks and then have some time left to actually handstand walk. Mm -hmm. How would you think about pacing the bike? Yeah, I think for me, it's something, I mean, 90 is a lot, right? And so I would think of like a, a moderate pace, something that if I'm looking to get off the bike, I'm probably breathing heavy, but I'm not contemplating whether or not I can pick the sandbag up. You know, when it comes to the air bike and the rower, it's it's one of those things where when you have a big chunk at the beginning of a workout, you can easily lose the workout because you go too too fast, right? Now, you can't go too slow, right? Because 90 is such a big chunk, right? Like if you if you if it's a walk in the park type speed, you're just gonna lose so much time you'll never be able to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. And full disclosure, well, I was the one who wrote wrote this one and I don't expect everyone to get to the inversion work. Right. So it's, it is okay if that doesn't happen because the workout is really supposed to be like, you are really tired when you get to the sandbag, how many can you get through and like hopefully big sets. And then for the people who are at a pretty good fitness level, like, okay, can you also get inverted and like maintain some skill when you're breathing mm -hmm. super tired and have a lot of fatigue? Yeah. And that's, that's really the key there is rarely in what we do. So let's call it a quarterfinals level, semifinals level at the games level. You might get asked to do a handstand walk kind of fresh, right? But it's not, it's not just a handstand walk at the games level, right? You have to handstand walk and pirouette, pirouette and walk on parallettes and do all this other crazy stuff. So they incorporate higher skill, but in the other levels, they're going to ask you to handstand walk at a high breath rate. And that can be really hard because as you get inverted, you know, your, your low back is extended. Your diaphragm could be in a weird position. You know, it's tough to just breathe being upside down. We're not used to being on our hands. And so 
can you comfortably get up? And even though you have huge systemic fatigue, you're breathing super heavy, can you kick upside down and, and maintain uh, stability and maintain positions to, to walk there? Mm-hmm. And I, I think different types of athletes are challenged more or less with different types of like fatigue. So for example, mm-hmm. like this one, obviously you're breathing hard and then you're doing a bunch of sandbag squats. So like your, your butt, low back hamstrings is all going to be blown up and you also can't breathe very well there. So it's like your midline is going to be super blown up. Are you able to still maintain good handstand walk coordination while that's messed up? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it might be something else. Like sometimes it's uh like you did a bunch of handstand pushups and then the second half of the workout, then you had to handstand walk. So your triceps are tired or something. Mm. But for this one, it's like very clearly like midline, like posterior chain, like is that going to affect your handstand walkability? Sure. Yeah. So Riley is somewhere around like 60 on her cadence, uh, like RPMs, which I think is into the mid to upper 200s in terms of wattage. <laughs> this is also her deload week. So uh got to give her a little <laughs> bit of credit. She just kind of like up and did this. But um, yeah, typically, I she think looks like she's good. I was about to say, no, I was about to say, it looks like she's maybe starting to get a little tired here as, as her body sways left to right a little bit more, but she still looks like to be at a pretty cruise pace. Like her, her facial expression isn't changing. Yeah. You know, she's getting her core a little bit more involved because maybe her legs are starting to get a little bit tired, but just for a reference for people, she's someone Ben, maybe fill us in on what type of athlete she is on, on the air bike. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, Riley's a pretty powerful athlete as a whole. So I I would also say that like it, you know, she'd be the first one to say like, we've been, you know, kind of working on her engine. She's been working on her engine a lot. So yeah, I mean, certainly she is a solidly central quarterfinals level athlete on something like an air Mm -hmm. bike, even though we don't see that, but like, I would imagine her to be like, you know, kind of in alignment with her other tests on like an air bike test of that would ever come out in like a quarterfinals type feel. Sure. If that helps. So, yeah. So you told her, Hey, we're going to try to hover around 13 cows a minute. And and you said what wattage is kind of what she, what she hovered around. It looks like she's about two fifty to like upwards of like 300 Watts, like okay. somewhere so, in the neighborhood of like 60 RPMs on the echo bike. Okay, cool. So if you're, if you're maybe a smaller athlete, right? So small, less powerful, maybe decently enduring. It might be a little bit lower than that. You know what I mean? Like 10 to 12. And then if you're, if you're someone who is bigger, more, even more powerful on the air bike, you might be in like the 13 to 15 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even I would say for, you know, some of our guys who are a little bit bigger, more powerful on the bike, I think going closer to, you know, 17, 18 almost. Yeah. For, and like for the guys. Yeah. Because again, that's going to really like, as soon as you get above a certain threshold, it also like, you just get done with it quicker. Like yep. it, it sounds stupid, but that's, <laughs> like that's part of it too. It's like, if you just, you know, are holding, if you get over like 400 on your Watts and you're holding that the whole time, which mm-hmm. again, a, a good handful of guys are going to be able to do, then it probably makes more sense for you to push it a little bit more and continue to, cause you're just going to get off of like, you know, you'll be off before five minutes for sure. Yep. So, so now we're at, now we're at the spot where she's started her squats, Ben. Um, obviously she elected to, 
you know, the standard is you can hold it however you want. And she elected to put it to her shoulder first, and now she's kind of brought it to her chest. So what's kind of your feedback or, or strategy on what to do once you get to the sandbag? Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely say if you can get on your shoulder and find it to be in a comfortable spot, like I said, like Riley has kind of put her on the spot here to uh, demo this one for us. But if we were doing like more worms and stuff, I think we would definitely would have played around with her position of how she's actually holding the bag on her shoulder. Cause she, one of the things that we had talked about afterwards was that it felt like it was kind of pulling her to one side where like your rib cage isn't sitting equally. Yeah, so like yeah. you really have to like pull down with the one side of your obliques to be able to, to hold that bag correctly. So if you're not used to that and you haven't had the bag on your shoulder like that before, and especially if it is a 150 pound bag where it's a pretty big object, it's just like an awkward position to try to hold. And I think she's pretty comfortable doing the sandbag squats out front. So she just resorted to kind of doing that. Yeah. I mean, again, you talked about the type of athlete she is, um, strong legs, powerful. So like holding the sandbag in the front is probably not as taxing. Whereas like for someone like myself, who is, is not those things, um, especially getting off the bike, it makes sense if you can find the position to put it to your shoulder. Cause you can open, you know, if you've ever tried to hop off of a bike and then like carry a sandbag or yeah. do squats like that, just the weight like sitting on your chest, hundred percent squeezing it into your chest can really make breathing difficult. Also, this is maybe like a weird thing, a weird little nuance to say, but as you were kind of talking about how the sandbag positions you, if you're someone doing this workout, who's really a team athlete, right? practicing having the bag on your shoulder is going to translate to moving the worm way better than holding it in your front. Someone who's done team competitions before with worms involved, it's definitely more, honestly, it's more difficult with a singular sandbag than a worm because with the size of it, you can kind of shift it almost like you can almost do the squats almost like a low bar back squat a little bit. If, yeah, if you you're lean forward a little bit. Yeah, or lean or lean back. So if you needed to like shift the the fatigue, you're able to do that better with yeah. the worm. But again, having that on the shoulder, you still have to learn how to squat with essentially loading on one side of your body. So Yeah. Yeah, very good point. So nine ten, she just dropped the bag. So she's less than a minute to uh handstand walk. Yeah, and I talked to Riley here at the end, but basically it was uh it seemed like the handstand walks. I mean, she's good on her hands, but they didn't seem to be much of a, an issue for her at all. No, didn't and seem to really she affect your balance. No. And like we, that's, that's a huge skill to have is the ability to say, you know, in this instance, I got 45 seconds. I'm super tired, but I'm confident enough to take a five second rest and kick up on my hands and keep moving. And then as quarterfinals has progressed, can you do that and have the confidence that I can not only keep moving, but there's a really slim chance that I'm going to fall because yeah. a lot of these next level competitions are probably going to start to incorporate the unbroken aspect to it. I blew up my back more than I thought. How was your pacing on the bike? Um, it didn't feel awful. I feel like I could have pushed it a little bit harder, but the sandbag, my back just spoiled really bad. So the first set you, uh, held it on your back and the other ones you had it out front. Why'd you switch? I don't know. I felt like my balance was off when I held it up here. Um, like you're leaning to one side? Yeah, and I feel like I wasn't able to like cycle it as quickly. Gotcha. 
have the handstand walk spell when you get there? Fine. Fine. This wasn't enough time. Cool. Yeah, they're fine. Nice job. Thank you. Alrighty folks, it's that time. Be sure to submit your scores to the leaderboard at zorfitness.com slash TNG. You're more than welcome to share this and take it on with some friends and best of luck on the workout.